Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, and welcome to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is podcast 494. Hey, you've got that riz. You got that little something something, that secret sauce, that little thing that causes people to like you, to want to be around you, to be influenced by you, to recruit others to be influenced by you. We're going to talk about the power of the riz charisma today, and it'll make a huge difference in your success, your negotiation, your influence. Again, things we should have learned in school, we should have learned in business school, we should be trained in, because this is what makes the difference. I hope everyone's having a great week. You're achieving your goals, you're being more persuasive, you're improving your relationships, you increase your happiness, that's what it's all about. So hit me up at Kurt, QRT at MaximizeYourInfluence.com to let me know what you want on the show, even if you have a bad joke. A geeky, scarly article, whatever it is, let me know as we approach episode 500. You have to figure out what to do for that one. Let's kick it off with the persuasion blunder. Don't, don't, don't. And I witnessed this one on a Zoom call, multiple parties. It was a software SaaS type presentation. They wanted me to use it. They wanted me to switch providers, which I'm open to. I was not loyal to this provider. I've been trying to get away from them for a while. They just keep raising their prices without changing anything or improving customer support. And it works, just not loyal. So I'm open to it, watching this presentation, and it was just straight information, straight vomit. They did well answering the questions. They didn't really prove their worth too much. I mean, it was kind of cool. Not enough to switch over. So it's just kind of in the middle, just... Maybe, maybe not. Is it worth it? I get what you're doing. Is it worth the pain of going to another provider? Hmm. So that was all mediocre, but that's not the main blunder. The main blunder, there was no close. They didn't ask to do business together. We never covered the next step. Nothing. They were just afraid to ask. Here's the information. Get back with us if you have any more questions or if you're ready to get started. Now, if there would have been an incredible offer and they would have made it easier and there was a next step, or if they would have even found out why I wasn't making a decision that day, why I didn't say yes, they didn't know any of those. And that's true across the board. Very few people are afraid to ask, will let us know. No, seal the deal. Let's go make it easy, make it simple, make it worthwhile. Make the pain of not changing bigger than the pain of changing. So the information was great. All the questions were answered, but they didn't find out any objections. There was no close, no real next step. It was like, okay, whenever you can, and you know in persuasion, hey, get back to me whenever you can. If there's no deadline, there's no date, there's no urgency, there's no scarcity, not going to happen. That's why in the car industry, they call them be-backs. I'll be back. And they know they're not coming back. They got to close right now. That's why many car dealerships are so aggressive. They know their be-backs aren't going to be back. So have a next step. Have a deadline. Find out what the issues are. 
do not be afraid to ask them to do business with you. Because if they would have asked again, if it would have been easy and a great deal, probably would have seriously considered it. Just saying, just putting it out there. That is the persuasion and influence blunder of the week. Which brings us to the article. Not quite a geeky article. This comes from NPR, Bill Chappelle, and the Oxford English Dictionary. The word of the year. Now, this research was done by the Oxford English Dictionary. They do this research every year, and Riz was the word of the year. It beat out, and don't cry on me, Swifty. That would be someone who's following Taylor Swift. So, so I'm sure the fans aren't happy with that. And it also beat out de-influencing. That's an emerging social media trend that discourages consumers from buying certain things, doing certain things, so you de-influence them. But they found that it's not very effective. It's not worth the investment to use that negative word of mouth because the speed on the internet, people know. For example, if I try to de-influence a movie, we're going to see the ratings. Friends are going to be talking about it and they might say it's good. So the de-influencing doesn't work. In the poor movie industries, they used to be able to take the best 30 seconds. You know, they put it on a commercial and you watch it like, yeah, that looks awesome. And you go watch it like, man, this stinks. They had two or three weeks before that word of mouth got out and people realized, yeah, it stinks, but they got their money back. Now we know the day of, the night of that movie comes out, whether it's good, worth watching, it stinks. So de-influencing has not been working. But let's get into this word, the riz. Because they try to choose words that have lasting cultural significance or a snapshot of social history. And riz is that word. It's defined as style, charm, attractiveness, the ability to attract a romantic partner. But where does this word come from? It comes from the middle of the word charisma. That's what I like to believe because I spent years studying charisma, the laws of charisma, why it works, because again, that is the skill. When people ask, well, there's a hundred persuasion to what's the most important. Yeah, it's charisma. Now, can you learn charisma? <laughs> Hopefully I wrote a book on it. And the answer is yes, you can learn charisma. You can become more charismatic. You already have some elements of charisma. You just need to add some, fine tune some, improve some. That will help you influence. Fridge comes from refrigerator. Riz comes from charisma. And so when you say you got the riz, are you charismatic? Can you attract others? Can you influence others? They talk about you know, dating going from uninterested to being intrigued. And they put it in a sentence, I rizzed her up. I got mad riz. Riz means game. So this term has boomed on TikTok and social media and has a really big impact on Gen Z. And they're saying that riz has taken on a life of its own. They also mentioned, if we go way back, I'll have to go back and watch this, the film Grease, one of the stars in the movie was named Rizzo, and they called her Riz. So what is the opposite of Riz? Well, dull, drab, apathetic, distant, I'd add to that low EQ, bland, no charm, stiff, ordinary, monotonous, flat, uninspired, that'll be in the communication section, not animated, lethargic, Lacking the ability to connect. No energy, no enthusiasm. Aunt Edna, right? That negative energy. Remember Aunt Edna? <laughs> you just sit next to her at the family gathering and she sucks the life out of you. We talk a lot about her because every family has an Aunt Edna. 
And finally, and let's explore this one, is lack of humor. They can't use it effectively. They can't laugh with others. They can't laugh at themselves. There's something about humor and charisma. So let's talk about that for a second. In my research on the laws of charisma, when you look at the different areas of charisma, there's your presence or your presentation skills. Are you empowering to others? Can you motivate? Can you inspire? And then there's your core inner qualities, your inner charisma. Let's talk a little bit about presence today because humor is in that category. Having a sense of humor, getting people to smile, getting people to laugh. It's no secret that when you laugh, it releases chemicals, oxytocin, where that person that makes you laugh, they're more likable. They're even more trustworthy. It is a power tool. So part of that too is your disposition. The research shows that being cheerful, being happy, getting people to laugh is part of charisma. It connects you with the person. They pay more attention to you. You stand out a little bit better. And people are less likely to disagree with you when you use humor and they laugh. And there is a direct correlation between great leader and their sense of humor. Anybody can add humor. You can add a meme, a comic, a joke, a small YouTube video. You could do it yourself with your own humor. Did you hear about the new restaurant on the moon? <laughs> Great food, no atmosphere. <laughs> I know that was dumb, but you kind of smiled on the inside. What's interesting about humor, you either laugh or feel sorry for the person. So you have to be careful with your humor that it works, that it doesn't offend. Almost everything offends now, so you have to be very careful. What I used to use, I can no longer use because people get offended. I'm like, really? And it has nothing to do with what they're offended about. That is not even the intent. That's not even what was meant, but people are looking to be offended, so they're going to be offended and find something about it that could, maybe, might be offensive. So you can go back to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. I've done plenty of podcasts on adding humor, getting people to smile and feel better. You can do this. You can add humor. You can have better presence. Get people to be happier, to laugh, to smile, especially in today's world. A little something, something increases your influence and your charisma. Another one in the realm of your presence is your confidence, your conviction. Your conviction's contagious. And I love what Norman Vincent Peale said. He says, without a humble but reasonable confidence in your own powers, you cannot be successful or happy. Hmm. Interesting. Now, we want you to be confident, but fear erodes confidence. Those nerves... Those butterflies can erode that confidence. But you know, charismatic people have a powerful, confident, dynamic presence. And charismatic people have complete confidence in their positions and their capabilities. They know what they're able to do. They know what they believe in. They're not wishy-washy. But then you look at the number one complaint against leaders and managers in the workplace, arrogance. Oh, such a fine line between arrogance and confidence. You think you're confident, you're coming across as arrogant. When you fub them or look at your cell phone when it dings or buzzes and disconnect that eye contact, they feel that your product or service is one size fits all, you really don't understand them, that's all arrogance. Blaming others, pointing fingers, not your fault, demeaning the competition can all cross that line from confidence to arrogance. See, with confidence, you're serving others. You believe in yourself. You don't need to toot your own horn. With arrogance, it's all about you. You know more than anybody else. It's never your fault. You're not open to new ideas. 
Your inability to take criticism can all be issues. So don't say, well, I'm not arrogant. I don't know. You might not feel that way, but you could come across that way. And that destroys the riz. You want the confidence, but you don't want the arrogance. Just like when I took one of my kids to the doctor a while back. They're sick, not feeling the doctors at all. I, I don't know. I haven't really seen this before. Do you want to wait and see? You want to try some medication? Do you want me to do a little more research? What do you think? What do you want to do? <laughs> Dude, you're the doctor. Tell me. You're the expert. Act like the expert. In those situations, you want that confidence. So this confidence is a state of mind. It radiates the riz. But the challenge is when you have fear, it breeds doubt, and doubt erodes that confidence. So remember that your body does not know the difference between fear and excitement. Get those nerves, those butterflies to fly in formation, turn fear into excitement. Now your brain knows the difference, but your body, it secretes the same chemicals. What's the difference? What you're focusing on. If you're focusing on all the negative things that could happen, that's going to increase your fear. When you feel fear, it's short, shallow breaths. But when you're excited, you take deeper breaths. So focus on more positive, visualize the best outcome, and take deeper breaths. And I would add, too, the more you prepare, the more you practice, let's say it's a presentation you're giving, that fear will also erode away. And then the other piece, of course, you know, be very careful you don't cross the line from confidence to arrogance. Be open to feedback and criticism. Spend more time listening than talking. Be able to admit that you are wrong. Ask more questions to show that you really care. And don't spend the whole time trying to prove that you are right. And another piece to your presence, and these aren't all the pieces, I'm just kind of giving you a high-level view of getting the Riz things you can work on right now. Things that I've seen that people can quickly and easily add to their Riz toolbox. This next one, optimism. Was it Winston Churchill said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. We've talked about this. Go back to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can learn to become more optimistic because if you don't, life beats you up. Life sucks the energy out of you. If you don't work on it, you become naturally more pessimistic. Ask Aunt Edna. That's what's going on. Pessimism also repels the riz. And with optimism, it adds years to your life. You have stronger social networks and social support, and we know that successful people have bigger networks. When you're optimistic, you're more motivated, you're more persistent, you have better performance, it gives you more confidence, and you're happier. You know, pessimistic people tend to look at future events, experiences in a negative way. The world is full of bad events, it's all negative, and there are bad things that happen, I know. But pessimistic people also give up twice as fast as optimistic people. Now, I know, and we've talked about this, there are optimistic people in your life that you just want to hit them. They're so optimistic, you just want to clock them, right? I know that. So this optimism I'm talking about is realistic optimism. Not that the world is great, everything's perfect. In Riz, and leadership, it's realistic optimistic that we're going to get there. We might hit a few potholes, hit a few cones, take a few wrong turns, but we're going to get there. That's what people are looking for. That's what people are hungry for now more than ever. So realistic optimism and not the false PMA. Have you heard that before? Positive mental attitude. 
That's when you're sitting on the couch thinking, I'm the best, people like me, I am wealthy. That can be a form of delusion. Now, I'm okay with the attitude, the affirmations, the law of attraction, as long as you have an action plan. So you can be optimistic, you can have a good attitude, but you still need to move, be motivated, and have a plan to take that dream and turn it into reality. So you want the riz? You want to be more optimistic? You want to quit sucking the life out of people? I know it's hard sometimes. There's terrible things that happen to people that happen in the world, but you can have a better attitude. You know, attitude comes from expectations. If you expect to have a rotten day, that people will treat you poorly, it's probably going to happen. So change your expectations. That changes your attitude. And then from there, we can improve your optimism. And that's the first thing. Choose to be optimistic. You can choose. You can rechannel your thoughts. You can change your expectations that day from neutral to positive, from negative to positive. And also take responsibility for where you are in your life. Don't point fingers. Don't blame others. Because when you do that, your psyche accepts that it's not your fault, so you don't have to fix it. No, take responsibility for where you are. That'll improve your attitude and your optimism. And then build and ponder and think about current successes that you're having, past victories. That puts you in a better state to realize, no, I've got some victories. I've got this degree. I've got this award. I've done this. I got this job. I closed that deal. Whatever it is, you can spend more time on your current success and past victories and associate with more positive people. Get the Aunt Ednas out of your life. Surround yourself with more optimistic people. Now I get it with family and even sometimes friends. You do have to associate with them like Aunt Edna. <laughs> we keep talking about Aunt Edna. If you do try to limit your exposure to them or just the mindset, no, they're not going to suck the life out of me. It's, that's fine. They could be negative about my goals. Just watch me. I'm going to do this and turn that negativity into something positive. When someone tells you you can't do it, say, uh-huh. All right. There we go. That's another reason for me to do it. Even eating right, staying healthy, sleeping right, and exercise can improve your optimism. And when you feel that pessimism, that negative mood, that bad attitude creep into you, have a game plan, create the ability to turn that negative mood into a positive one, that pessimism into optimism. People want you to have the riz. They want you to have good presence. They want to be around you when you have this riz, because they feel good, they feel better about themselves, you have this presence. They notice you when you walk into a room. You radiate something different. The riz. So we're going to continue on this over the next couple of weeks, talk about these different areas, but you can do this. So take something you've learned today. Can you be more optimistic? Can you add a little humor, a little happiness in your life? Can you be a little more confident, maybe all of the above? So click on the link, take your Charisma IQ assessment, see where you rank. It's free. And for doing it, I'll give you the audio from Laws of Charisma about becoming more optimistic. I will give that to you for free because the Charisma IQ not only helps you, it helps me with my research. So all the links, everything you need that maximize your influence under this podcast or go to charismaiq.com. Get the Riz, become more charismatic, become a better person, become a better influencer, and go out and persuade with power.